consumption of video just continues to increase, I don't think it's a case of does video work? It's a matter of looking at it and saying, how am I integrating video into what I do? How is that being done? And that's really where the strategy comes into place. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income, and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we're going to talk about video-first content plans. And I've invited Cheryl Pluff to the show. She creates and implements custom content plans for six and seven-figure business owners so they can quickly get their brand known online. She's also the creator of the Profitable Podcast Method, where she helps agency owners and high-ticket service providers get more clients more referrals and more speaking gigs from one avid baseball fan mama to another welcome to the show cheryl thank you so much samantha we could talk baseball or we could talk business it's up to you well we could do either (laughs) my little one isn't little anymore so and he doesn't play baseball anymore but i spent many 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 nights and weekends at the baseball field and absolutely loved it but let's talk business today okay sure (laughs) Now you are a video first, or you help people create content plans. Your background is in television, which I think is fantastic for for this topic. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you ended up here doing this today? Yes, I started hosting a news magazine program when I was 18 years old. I was working at a cable station. They tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, we need a host for this show. So there I was at 18 hosting this television program and it really progressed from there. And by the time I was, before I was 30, I I was on national television. And so I spent 17 years on the national stage here in Canada. And I worked in a variety of capacities in in broadcasting and in media as an on-air person, like an on-air personality, presenter, also in management. I did manage a news department for three years of 17 people across Canada, be it you know bureaus and photographers and reporters and a network of freelancers that numbered in the hundreds. So variety of different experiences. I also taught college. Interesting point about that is that I actually didn't go to school for broadcasting, but there I was teaching at one point in my career, teaching journalism students on how to be on camera. So it's been an interesting ride. It's been an interesting experience and professional career. But fast forward to 2017, I decided to leave that career in order to start my own company, which I've been running since then. And initially, it was really about helping business owners and entrepreneurs to create their own videos. So I was the person who was teaching, you know, here's what to do and how to edit and how, and that was great. We had great success with that. But then when the pandemic came, it was very apparent to me that I would need to re-examine how I was helping them get those results, which led me to doing what I'm doing today, which is more of a agency style work, done for you type work, and then the development of the profitable podcast methodology. Mm, love it, love it, love it. You talk about video first content plans. I've got a pretty good idea of what you're talking about here, but I'd love you to share 
why video first? Well, if we look at video consumption and the trends and the stat, and it's not really just a trend, it's a statistic, really. Consumption of video has continued to go up and up and up and up. And then even more recently, you know, we see a lot of these gigantic social platforms like Instagram, for example, coming out and, and just coming out and just saying, we are going to be a video platform. Mm. And Instagram was built on imagery. Mm -hmm. So when we see these types of changes that are happening, paired with the fact that consumption of video just continues to increase, I don't think it's a case of does video work? It's a matter of looking at it and saying, how am I integrating video into what I do? Mm. How is that being done? And that's really where the strategy comes into place. So why I focus on video first is because it's the method or the modality that allows for there to be the closest interaction to another person as there can be online. I also love audio. I listen to podcasts myself, audio only podcasts, and I love them. So I think it's really having both of those parts of the equation in your strategy. But I like to start with video, especially from a podcasting perspective, because if you start with video and then repurpose to audio, you are able to capture something that is far more dynamic, where there are nonverbal cues and communication going on. So for example, like I'm talking with my hands, looking at the screen and things of that nature that really help you to connect. So that's why I really focus on and also paired with the fact that that was my experience for so long and I know that it works. Mm, totally. Where do you see content going in 2023? What's going to be different about it? What's your predictions? Well, I think in 2023, from a content marketing perspective, it really is going to be looking at the short form content. You know, I don't think YouTube's going anywhere. There's still a place for that. Mm. But in order to be effective on YouTube, I think it, it requires a more examination in terms of the strategy, the production specifically. You need to have a production method that's really going to work for you. And for some people that are starting out or they're in growth phase and maybe aren't willing to kind of put that level of investment into their YouTube channels just yet, there's a lot involved there. Whereas I think short form vertical specifically content is much more accessible, which is part of the reason why I think it's taken off so well, mm. because it isn't about perfection. It's doable with a phone. It's short. You don't have to have necessarily editing skills to pull it off. Mm. So I think that we're going to continue to see that going forward in 2023 and beyond from a content part marketing perspective. Now, where it gets interesting though, Samantha, is like, but how is that helping your business? And that's a mm -hmm. different conversation. Yeah, totally. Just before we go into that, because I really want to dive into that because it's not just about creating content. There has to be a strategy. And this is the part that frustrates me with people just spinning their wheels and creating, creating, creating. But you did mention, you know, YouTube. And I think that YouTube has proven that that shorter videos are going you know, things are going in that direction because obviously we now have YouTube shorts as well. So it's not just Instagram reels and it's not just TikTok, but YouTube's even brought that in with their YouTube shorts. So if, you know, the, I think, I'm not sure if it still is, but I know for a while and it probably still is, YouTube was the second largest search engine in the world. If they're saying we're going to do YouTube shorts, you're pretty 
you're certain that this short form video is going is around to stay for a bit. Yeah, I think when you see any major, you know, conglomerate, you know, or company such as YouTube, Google that owns YouTube, if they come out with a platform to go toe to toe with their competitors, i.e. TikTok, Instagram, etc., there's a reason why they're doing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The reason they're doing that is because they want a market share. They want their piece of that pie because it's profitable for them to do that. And so how we then as creators and we as entrepreneurs, we need to have go in with our eyes fully open to what is really going on on those social platforms. Why are they encouraging us to create content on those platforms? Is because we're the ones who are being monetized. Like we are the product. Yeah. But having said that, as long as you could go in knowing that and having awareness and a strategy around, okay, that may be fine, but how am I going to use it for my advantage? And that's really where the strategy of it comes in. I think it's interesting with with what's going on with YouTube Shorts that, and I'm going to be exploring a lot more of that in 2023 myself. Mm. I've done a few of them, but I haven't dove in, you know, full tilt yet, yeah. but I plan yeah. to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So that's sort of, that's the context of what we're talking about. But now let's go all the way back. Because as I just mentioned, I think that there's a lot of people that are trying to create all this content and getting frustrated and spinning their wheels and almost don't even have time to run their businesses, you know, and spend time on the important things, which let's be like brutally honest, it's getting clients. We don't have a business if we don't have clients. What can you take us through in regards to the strategy into using this to bring clients in? Okay. Well, I think there's a problem with if you are someone who's on what I would describe as the social media hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? If you are of the belief that I have to post five TikToks a day and three carousels and two images and five videos and I got to do this every day. Gary Vee says I should be putting 100 pieces of content out every day and I'm I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just take a step back and ask yourself, If you were to do that, do you have the strategy in place in order to convert all of that content into actual clients? Chances are no. Mm. You know, chances are no. And if you do, great. Then that's working. We want to continue to do more of what's working and less of what's not. Yeah, totally. Okay. So just just being going through the motions because someone else is doing it or you heard it over here, you know, and being on that that hamster wheel of content creation just for the sake of doing it, that isn't in and of itself is going to if that's really not the the game, what you really want to do is you really want to say, okay, what is my customer journey and understanding? And I, I don't know about you, Samantha, but I talk to a lot of people who are not sure of really what that is. Yeah, they don't 100%. know the customer. They don't know their customer's journey. They don't know who their customer is. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're unclear about their business model. I mean, these are fundamental things that need to be fully dialed in before you start the strategy of content creation, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and saying, okay, I'm not going to start creating the content until I get these fundamentals nailed down. Let me work on that first. And then you can start looking at, okay, now I have those things dialed in. Now I understand better who it is I'm trying to attract. And then you start looking at the strategy to attract them. It might be social media. Mm -hmm. It might be, it could be a TikTok channel, maybe, you know, but it's understanding that TikTok is really built for, 
you know, a certain level of entertainment, a certain level of virality mm -hmm. that you're kind of going for there. And that might work for you. Yeah, That might work for you. But I think that the way to understand how you can get clients, especially if you have high ticket products or services, okay? If you have products or services of you know, $2,000, $3,000 and more, the chances are pretty high that your clientele, the people who would purchase high value products and services like that, might not necessarily be looking for you to purchase from you on TikTok. Mm -hmm. They might be interested to be entertained by you on TikTok, mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. educated by you on TikTok, to be inspired by you. But the actual sales part of that is not happening until you get on a phone call. Mm. It's not until you have a relationship and that there's trust and that they know who you are and what you, it's, you have to, especially with high ticket, you need to talk to people. Yeah, 100%. We've just come through a decade of people wanting to put their entire business on automation. Mm -hmm. And fact is that business is predicated on contacts, relationships, conversations. And that requires that you actually talk to people. Yeah. So I might be the bearer of bad news here, but you're going to have to talk to people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that there is right now a very big groundswell of people that are finding it a lot harder to trust people online. You know, we want to do business with people that are authentic. And those days of, hey, just build your business and lie on the beach with a cocktail, they're over. And there are still people that are doing it and can do that. But I'm with you. Business is built on relationships. Business is built on communication. And, you know, I think that's certainly where the sales happens. But we do need to create this content to bring people into our world. Agreed. Agreed. I think I'm not for a minute saying that content doesn't play a part in your strategy. It should. Because the fact is that that these uh, social media platforms still have billions of monthly active users on them. Oh, 100%. Like it is, there's still billions of people there. It is still an absolutely viable distribution channel of you and, and visibility and showing up and doing all of those things. It is fantastic. And the thing that I teach with the podcasting is to take those podcasts and to distribute them on those channels. It makes yeah. perfect sense to do that. We're still at that place. But I think the thing that's changing as we move forward is just understanding that the strategy is not just posting content for the sake of posting content and thinking that if I build it, they will come. Yeah. Right. I would like to encourage people to, to think about it differently than that. It might be more about build it and have an ability to capture people's information or encourage people to get on a call with you, which is the ultimate thing that will lead to more business development opportunities. Mm. You need to talk to people. Yeah. Love this so much. Let's talk about how important video is. You talked about it just a little while ago in this video first, because then we're able to repurpose. And I'm sure there's not one person that's listening that doesn't agree with that. However, there is this group of people that might be going, yeah, I know that, but I still don't want to show up on camera. I still have a fear of showing up on camera. You know, I did a post the other day. I'm someone that forgets words all the time. I'm constantly searching for words. And that held me back for years. 
It certainly doesn't now. I've got over a thousand podcasts under my belt and my audience just knows that I'm searching for my words. But it took me a little bit to get the confidence just to show up and go, well, that's who I am. How do people get over the fear to show up on camera? Well, I think it's really taking a good hard look at how badly you want to grow your business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we hear people say, I really want to grow my business, but I'm not willing to really do the things that it's going to take to do it. Okay. So that's a problem that there's an incongruency there, right? It's like you do want to grow your business, but you're not willing to take the actions that will actually lead to building the business. So that's a hard conversation. That's a hard conversation to have with yourself if you're in that boat. The fact is that you're going to have to, at some point, you will have to face that fear. If it is indeed fear or apprehension, you know, that's holding you back, mm -hmm. you will need to face it at some point. I used to host a challenge, a, a video challenge that helped a lot of people. This was pre-pandemic, I think it was. And I did it in such a way where I gave people prompts and, and say, encourage them in a nice, gentle way, but there was a push on the back. Hey, get out there and do the video yeah. prompt because I knew that that was the only way that we're going to be able to get over the, that fear. So I provided them with a prompt to at least give them something so they didn't feel like they were completely exposed and naked out there trying to do a first video. At least they had some jumping off point. So maybe that's what it takes for you. Maybe it takes writing down a few little prompts for yourself so that you don't feel like you don't have you have no idea what's going to come out of your mouth. One of the things that I teach this in the Profitable Podcast Accelerator is a universal video script. And it is a script in air quotes. It's not really a script. It's actually more of a formula. Mm. It's a three-step formula. And uh, certainly if anyone wants to know about that, just send me a, a message and I can send to you a, a PDF. But the idea behind it is that it gives you a framework so that you don't feel like, I got to go do this video and I don't know what I'm going to say and what order I'm going to say it. Mm. At least it gives you a framework. So there are some tools and some things that you can do to help yourself. But the fundamental problem is that you have to be willing. You have to dig deep and you have to be willing to grow your business. Mm. And it's going to require visibility. It's going to require getting out there. It's going to require, you know, being seen and showing up and all of those things. And it, it will Maybe be uncomfortable for the first time. And the first video you ever do is the hardest one you'll ever do. <laughs> I remember the first time I was on national television. I had an, I gave myself an ulcer leading up to my oh first my appearance goodness. on national TV. I was so nervous. My husband also worked in broadcasting for years and he was encouraging me all through the week. I knew for like five days ahead that I was going to be doing it on that Saturday night at 11 PM. And I made myself sick. Oh, wow. To the point where on the Friday, I told him, I can't do it. I'm sick. And he knew what it was. He's like, no, no, you're not yeah, yeah. going to go and do it. Listen, it's nerve wracking, but it would never was as hard as that first day. Then the following weekend, I went back. I was still nervous, but I did it. And the following week, I did it again. Next thing you know, within three months, I had been promoted to the morning show, which was a prime time, not a prime time, but like a morning show program, one of the highest rated. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it just goes to show you that you just have to dig deep sometimes. Totally, totally. I know that I learned this from dance from when we were little, little, and I apply the same principles now. You were talking about a framework. I always find as long as you know what you're going to start with 
as long as you know what you're going to end with and you've got some three sort of ideas of what you're going to cover, you're okay. But not knowing what you're going to start with or what you're going to end with is an actual killer. Do you have any small little tips for yourself? Well, I don't mind sharing. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's, that's this is the reason to use a framework like that. So the first step of that framework, I like to recommend, well, it's, it's based on three E's. So it's engage, educate, and enroll. Mm-hmm. And in the engage phase, which is really the hook, I like to recommend three different ways that you can do that. One would be a, a, using a startling statistic. Another one would be a bold statement or a short question. If you can just wrap your head around one of those three ways in which to start what you're about to say, and that is the first thing that comes out of your mouth, right? That's the hook. You're trying to hook people into what it is that you want to share with them. And then you say, hi, I'm Cheryl. And whatever the premise of that particular video is, that has always served me well. It's what I've been teaching for years and it works really well for my students as well. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So what other tips do you have around showing up confidently on camera? Because it's one thing to actually push through and and show up, but we want to make sure that we're showing up confidently because that's what has people attracted to us. Well, I mean, I I am a TV girl in the <laughs> sense that I grew up, I was a teenager in the 80s and, you know, I, was, I, I like hair, makeup, you know, clothing, you know, some of these things, especially for, you know, for women can really be a confidence boost, mm. you know, and, and maybe looking at that and just saying like, I don't know, could it be something like that, that would push me over the edge to make me feel confident about how I'm showing up. Now, I want to preface by saying that this is not a recommendation to go out and have your hair professionally you know, done in an updo every single time you're going to do a video. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, give yourself a little bit of self-care, mm. right? Is it, maybe you buy yourself a new lipstick. Is that, you know, just to make you feel put together. It doesn't have to be perfect makeup. It doesn't have to be you know, doing your makeup like you see the influencers doing on Instagram and spending two hours, you know, doing your makeup. It could just be something like that, you know, treat yourself and get your hair done and buy yourself a lipstick or maybe you buy a new jacket or top or whatever, a blouse. Sometimes it can just be that to make you feel good and confident. I think the bigger part of this equation is really more about the impact that you're going to have with your message. Mm. If you have something important to share with the world, it doesn't matter what your hair looks like. It doesn't matter that you wear glasses. It doesn't matter what your makeup is like or what your clothes look like. People want value from you because they care about themselves first and foremost. Hmm. So I think that whilst we do need to really focus on coming with from a place of service, because no one's ever, you know, watched a video or sat in a room when we're speaking and think, gee, I hope that person fails. Like we just don't do that. We, you know, we want that person to do well. But that confidence piece is real. I actually personally know two people that go and get their hair blow dried once a week and do their live videos. And while some people might think that's quite bougie, I actually really get that because when you do feel really good about yourself, you do show up in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. I have no problem with that. I have a I have a client who, when we first started doing videos together, this was four years ago now, I remember that she would, you know, book a, a dry, what is it called, a, a blowout, Yeah, yeah. you know, with her hair and such. And, 
And it was what was needed for her to feel confident enough to show up in front of the camera. She's gotten so comfortable now being on camera that she doesn't feel she needs that level of touch up, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Before she goes, now she's just like, oh yeah, hey, doing the video doesn't matter, getting on, blah, blah, blah. She comes as she is. But in the beginning, when she felt nervous, that was what it took to get her to feel confident enough to step in front of the camera. So it could be something like that. For guys, again, you know, same kind of thing. Is it just, you know, touching up the gray? I don't know. Is it a new shirt? I don't know, whatever it might be. If that's what it takes, then, then that's what it takes to get you to do what you need to do in order to have the impact. And that's really what is most important is about the message. Totally. So if it takes a little bit of, call it superficiality, in order to get you to do the thing that needs to be done to have the impact, which is the reason you started your business in the first place, mm. then do it. Yeah. But don't go so far as to think that you have to show up as somebody that you're not, or that you're inauthentic, or that you're so done up that you don't even look like yourself. Yep. Never do that. I would highly recommend you just want to come up, you just want to show up as a best version of yourself, but still look like yourself. Mm. Now we're talking about content to be able to sign clients. We've talked about content first. We've talked about getting on the phone. What is the bridge or what tips can you provide for people to get them from the content to the phone call? Because I feel like this is the biggest gap for business owners and entrepreneurs. Well, I mean, I'm not a big fan of big, complicated funnels. Mm-hmm. especially for people with high ticket services, because the ultimate goal is that you will need to talk to those people anyway. Yeah. And in order to find your right fit clients, you do want to move as quickly to the phone call as you can. But here's a, here's a strategy that I think could work depending on what your niche is or what your industry is or what it is that you do. You might want to do what I call a, a hotline call, or sometimes people call it a triage call which is a short 15 minute call. Mm -hmm. And this is a way to encourage people to take action, to get on a phone call with you. This does not require a big funnel. This does not require a bunch of technology and a bunch of SaaS products pulled together. It can be a scheduling tool link. Like I use Calendly. You set up an event in Calendly and you generate a link. And that is the thing that you drive traffic to. Like it can be simple. Mm. You know, and maybe that 15 minute triage call, I I wouldn't call it that. That's not the marketing term. I'm just sharing what it is. That's what we're calling it behind the scenes. The same as we don't use the word webinar, but that's what it is. Behind the scenes. Yes. It's a behind the scenes thing. Yeah. (laughs) It is a triage call behind the scenes. Yeah. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to, to identify whether this is even somebody that you could help with what it is that you do and where they're at. You're trying to figure out if this is a right fit person so that you can encourage another call and be able to help them further. Mm -hmm. That's a strategy. Another way would be to go from, again, from content to actually, you know, getting calls booked is to have a very simple, (laughs) a very simple uh, sign up form of some degree, right? So I love Kajabi. I've been using Kajabi for years because it's an all-in-one platform and you can create a very simple landing page there that requires, again, a name and an email to unlock a video or some type of piece of content. And then within that, you would offer an opportunity to get on a call. Yeah. Super easy. And it's takes a little bit more, but it's not a complex thing to create. What I don't encourage is you just 
listen, the last thing you want to do is spend eight months or nine months of your life (laughs) trying to create the perfect funnel, very complicated funnel with 18 steps and automations and all these things. It can get very complicated, very fast. And for most people who are looking to encourage calls, it doesn't require that. Totally. So we're making things harder than it needs to be. Oh, you are speaking my language. I'm all for the simplicity. There's less to break when it's simple. It's easier to understand and feel confident about when it's simple. And yeah, I'm not all for the fancy funnels. And I feel like for a lot of people that are trying to get those, and I'm going to put it in air quotes, perfect funnels, because they're never perfect anyway, mm-hmm. that they're just a procrastination method. That is so true. That is so true because when you take, let's say you take a, a consultant, a coach or consultant, and they want to grow their business, but they're afraid to get out there and talk to people because they're unsure of their message and they don't know if they've got the right words mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. struggling to figure out, I don't even know what my business model is yet. And I don't know what I'm doing. There is a hesitation to want to talk to people because they feel unsure, unsure about who they are and what they do and who they serve. That's why it's so important to have those fundamentals down so that you can speak eloquently and confidently about who you are and who you serve to the degree that you can get on calls with people and that you don't feel apprehensive of doing that. Yeah. Now, but one of the problems becomes, you're right, they will put barriers in front of themselves to avoid the thing that's scaring them. Yes. That often can be technology, funnels, websites is another good one. I'm just trying to think of other examples. Uh, Rebranding is another one Mm -hmm. that I see a lot. These unto themselves are important aspects of your business in terms of, sure, you want to have a, of course, you want to have a website, but does it need to be a website that you work on for three years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. I can create a website today if I had to, and I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a website does not take, you can create one in a few hours if you really got with it. So True story. I actually have a client I've been working on a website for, I think, over over two years or three years. So not my written before they met me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it's just part and parcel of the fact that people put barriers in front of themselves to avoid the things that they are fearful of. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we covered that off because I think it's so, so important. A website is not as important at the beginning, I'm going to say at the beginning, as what people make it out to be. And there are many of my clients that when they're starting out, we have their website as just a landing page for a lead magnet or an opt-in page for a webinar. And that is their website. And that's how they get going. And it's the easiest way to get going straight away. And so as you're listening, I would really like to pose it to you. What are you holding yourself back from? What are you afraid of that you know that you need to lean into in 2023. Cheryl, for people that are listening to this and they want to learn more about what it is that you do, where can they go to find out more? The advantage of having a French Canadian name like Pluff (laughs) is that when I went to get the handle Cheryl Pluff on all the social platforms, it was available. So as it turns out, (laughs) you just go to at Cheryl Pluff on social, and you'll be able to find me and send me a message and tell me that you heard me on the podcast and, and want to know more. 
about what we do and what resources we have. You can also go to profitablepodcastmethod.com and we have a video there that will help explain, you know, the foundation of what that method is and how you can be profitable with your own lucrative podcast. Mm. I suggest you go and have a look. Cheryl really knows what she's talking about. We've had quite a few conversations and there are always like, yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Our own yes. Meg Ryan moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. I like that. Yeah. If there's one thing that you could leave listeners with around content for 2023, what would it be? I think we're at a place where a podcast makes a lot of sense, especially if you have a high ticket product or service. The people that will buy your high ticket products or services are not necessarily scrolling through inspirational quotes on Facebook. Mm. They're looking for solutions to their problems. And the thing is that those high value clients typically are people that read books they're people that are into self-development and personal development. They listen to audiobooks. They're listening to podcasts. Mm. And if you're looking to reach those level, those decision-making, maybe C-suite level type people, decision makers in any type of business, depending what you do, you have to really give serious consideration to a, what we call a profitable podcast, which is a lucrative podcast that can give you an ROI immediately. Mm. Cheryl, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. You are a vessel of wisdom and knowledge and it's been fabulous to chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.